The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning. This episode contains foul language, descriptions of sexual acts, and brief mentions of HIV and AIDS, abusive relationships, and Nazis. are listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week we sit down with a special guest and we talk about something weird. And this week we are continuing on with our badass ladies episode. The bosses, the queens, the baddies, the heroes, the leaders, the innovators, the gals. We love them. We are stronger because of them. We would not be anywhere close to where we are today if we didn't have them. As two women who are working hard in the podcast industry and showing the world we can do anything we put our minds to, we stand. We love amazing women. Let's get into it. My name is Lauren, and this is my lovely female badass woman co-host, <laughs> Ashley. Hi, weirdos. And joining us again for another great episode is your bonus episode host with the most female hero, Amy Hanselman. Hey, weirdos. She's got a brain of steel. A brain of steel and a heart of gold. Tell ya. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Amy. Oh Welcome my, back. Thank you. How was your 10-minute break? Oh my god, it was amazing. Ages. What did you do? My Tell hips. us everything. Wow. I went okay. and I grabbed a beer. Delicious. It's been so long since we've all chatted. I'm glad we could get back together. Hi, listeners. It's been a week for you. It's been 12 and a half minutes for us. Um, we are back to talk about more women. I did have an opening question for you guys that I just came up with. Ooh. What is your favorite awesome lady movie? Mm. Oh, gosh. Lady movie. Like mine, we just rewatched this. I've seen it so many times. Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh, that is Those such a good women one. in that movie, I cry every time I see it, especially when like the old ladies get on their motorcycles and they're like, let's go girls. And they're like, killing people? I just, I lose my fucking mind. I thought that movie was brilliant. I love Mad Max Fury Road and I saw it in theaters twice because I loved it so much. So that is very good. I guess on a like totally different level, but this movie just made me cry and feel all the things. And I know this is such a like 
Everyone says that because it was nominated for awards, but I truly loved it. I really enjoyed Hidden Figures. Ooh, uh, I watched that on a plane and I cried really hard. It just got me in all the right ways because it's not only women, but it's black women like freaking changing the game. Yeah. I just, I really loved it. And I cried in a way I wasn't ready for, especially the way Octavia Spencer had to like run to where she was going in the rain. Nobody helped her. And I just guys yeah because she had to go to a completely different building just to use the bathroom every time she had to pee i do love that movie however i do not like the whitewashing white of like, savior yeah like oh, yeah. how um yeah. what's his face um kevin, kevin costner, costner when he's like why do you always take forever to go to the bathroom and she's like because i have to run across campus and fuck you Right. And then he's like, there's no such thing as a whites only bathroom, just bathrooms. We're scientists or whatever. That never happened. Like, the entire yeah, like time that those black women worked there, they had to run across the whole campus to go to the bathroom. Nobody gave a shit. Stop fucking making Kirsten Dunst's character <laughs> seem like a nice person. <laughs> she wasn't. That is something that like, I, I don't know why we do that. I don't know why. I mean, I think it's just to make, man, I don't know. I mean, maybe that guy really did want to do that, but he didn't. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the, the, the reality of it. Or like, you know, movies like The Help, where it's like, I mean, yeah, I get it. Gosh, like, this yes. makes us feel very good. Right. But, but that's not exactly how it went It down. didn't happen. And like, it doesn't really take anything away from these women but it kind of does because they never mm -hmm. got their own bathroom right you know what i mean they always had to go in the rain across campus to use the bathroom so yeah no amy makes a good point that movie had so many issues however the credit i will That's give a good it movie it is but i i completely agree with you and i know that a lot of like oscar nominated movies whitewash 100 percent and make like these white heroes for us so i agree with you there I think what I loved about that movie was that I didn't know about these women and felt no. ashamed mm -hmm. that I didn't know about them. So that movie helped bring it out. And also like those three main characters were just all amazing. So I, I liked it for that. But if we're those going for like straight badass women, I did think of the movie. Uh, oh my God. Now I don't even know the name as I'm coming forward. The one where they're on like the skate roller skate derby team. Oh, oh. Uh, whip it. Whip it. I was about to say whiplash, and that's why I held myself back, because that's about the drummer. Whip it. And with now just came out today as transgender Elliot Page, the star of that movie. So, so good. Um, I did not me, know that happened? they came out as transgendered. Oh, welcome. Ellen Page <gasps> is now Elliot Page is now a male, ladies and gentlemen. That's fantastic. He, he came out today. He, he him. Okay. It's uh, he, they. He said. Oh, okay. okay. Elliot wow. Page. That's so, fucking awesome. I had no idea. Whip it. Yeah, that just happened today. Yeah, that movie rules. I also love uh, Thelma and Louise. Oh, Lord, yes. That's a fucking awesome movie about, and I really like it because I feel like the female f relationship in that movie is very realistic. Because I yes. think a lot of movies either make it where women, like, we never fight because that's a stereotype. Or right. they are just so catty. But mm -hmm. in this relationship, you see them fighting and you see them, like, <laughs> hating each other for a second. Right. But, like, it's it was just so real 
And yeah. uh, like the reason that they did what they did in that movie, I'm not going to spoil. I mean, I guess Amy and I talked about this on the recent episode. Like if it came out before 1999, uh-huh. you're shit out of luck. Right. But, you know, just in case you have spoiler alert, movies. Ashley yeah. is about to give away the ending <laughs> where the ladies drive off of a cliff. I actually I wasn't was going to give say. that away. I was going <laughs> to give away the rape part. No, of it. but honestly, in, in, like if they don't know about the cliff scene, like yeah, tough kind titties, of yeah. as Ashley would say, yeah, get out of here. Amy, do you have any? Um, So I would say it is probably a tie between... Mm-hmm. Little Women, the one from 1994. <gasps> yep. Oh, Nothing gosh. against the new one. I just have not seen it yet. I the really liked the new one. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, love the new one. The old one is always my favorite, I think, just because I grew up with it, but loved the new one. Yeah. Um. Let's just keep it on like a Kirsten Dunst thing, obviously. Um. I was yeah, also not. thinking uh, Mona Lisa say, Smile. Yes! <laughs> this is why Amy is my girl. <laughs> That's why we are soul sisters and Ashley, you're just here. And I almost just said if Amy says Mona Lisa smile, I swear that's one of my favorites. <laughs> and I but, like love the women empowerment in that movie. But also I would say, you know what? I think my favorite out of all three has got to be blockers. Oh, cock blockers. Seen... Wait, is that the one with Leslie Mann? The new one? Yes. Okay, I ha- I watched that on an airplane. <laughs> Speaking of plane watching, it's a good airplane movie. That's a perfect airplane movie perfect because airplane I movie. absolutely cried when I watched it, and I think I started it on an airplane myself. I giggled more than I thought I was going to giggle, and I got more emotional than I thought I would ever get. Oh like- yeah, I definitely cried watching that movie, and it's so feminist, and it's also nice when young women are portrayed as like human beings and not just yeah. like, oh my god, Becky. Which that <laughs> here's the thing that is a stereotype of women that, or not nece- not a stereotype. That's not what I meant to say. Like those women exist. Like they should have their, you know, they should have Clueless. They should have their movies. Sure. But when it's like every teenage movie, it's like, I didn't go to school right. with anyone like that. Right. Right. I've never met anyone like that. So yes, it's nice I to see other personalities that. represented 100%. <laughs> it is very nice to see normal people. We do need to acknowledge the best sports movie ever made, A League of Their Own. <gasps> yes. Oh, my God. The best How did we sports movie. It's the best sports movie ever made. I can say that as a person ever. who likes sports movies. And Joe, who is Mr. Sports, who knows every Loves sport, it. knows every stat, it's his favorite sports movie. It's yeah, because it is perfect. It yep. is a perfect movie. Except that Gina Davis doesn't know how to swing a bat. That's the only criticism <laughs> I have. Oh, my gosh. She <laughs> doesn't, but she does know how to but do you the know what? splits. She can do the splits. She does. She knows also, how to do most other things. We yeah. let it slide. <laughs> I've uh, we watched that recently, and I've come to uh, believe that Gina Davis is not of Earth because she no. is so beautiful. She She's is so, so tall. She is so talented as an actress, and she has the IQ of a genius. Yeah, she's not real. Yes, and she was an Olympian. Her features yes. are perfect. <laughs> She can do everything. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go first today. Yay. 
And today I'm talking, I'm so excited. I've just been holding on to her for so long. Um, oh, today I love I, your girl. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about Betty Pack. Yes. And I stumbled yes. across her when I was doing research back in September or October. I was going to talk about her on one of our bonus episodes, but her life was just so fascinating and there was so much and I didn't want to like cut corners because our bonus episodes are usually like strict hour. So I've been saving her for months. So she's so great. I'm so excited. Betty Pack was born in 1910 as Amy Elizabeth Thorpe. Uh, her yeah. father. Yeah, Amy. A lot of good Amy's out there. <laughs> so many good Amy's. <laughs> Her father was a U.S. Marine Corps officer and had a lot of Washington, D.C. connections. And by the time she was 18, she had worked her way into D.C. society. And she was a total hottie. Mm-hmm. Betty Pack was a snack. Snack Pack. That's the title of the episode. <laughs> we did it. Yes. <laughs> Ashley. Well done. Snack Pack. Which, uh, well, here's the thing. She was a total hottie. She was known to be super witty. And she had a reputation of being a good time, which is basically just saying she lived her life as though she was a man. Like, that's Mm. literally all that (laughs) is. A future colleague said about her, the trick of making a man feel he is her entire universe is an old feminine while, but she had it to the nth degree. Like, she could just hypnotize men. Yeah. Pack was a bit promiscuous, which again, no more than men her age at that time, but there are risks to being a woman, and she became pregnant at 19, and she did not know who the father was. And this is when she was set up with a man named Arthur Pack, who was 19 years her senior, gross, Mm -hmm. but also the second secretary at the British Embassy, which is pretty cool, and that gave Betty dual citizenship. And opened a lot of doors for her. Yes, girl. Their marriage was pretty awful. Um, Nothing in common. Didn't particularly care for each other. He manipulated her into giving her son up for adoption, which she didn't want to do. (gasps) Oh, my God. That's horrific. Yeah. Then they, they did have a daughter together in 1934 in the hopes to mend their relationship, but it didn't work because that doesn't ever work. Just FYI. Yep. This is a lesson number one for this episode. That doesn't work. Don't do that. Do not have kids no. to save your relationship. Truly never works. Don't do it. But anyhow, her marriage to him presented a pretty cool job, though, because Arthur Pack had friends at British Intelligence, and they were super impressed by her, and they recruited her to come work for them. And Arthur was transferred to Madrid at the start of the Spanish Civil War, and Betty actually ended up helping to smuggle rebel nationalists to safety, and she also helped to coordinate the evacuation of British embassy staff from northern Spain. So she kind of played both sides of the Spanish Civil War. She was like, who needs me? (laughs) I'll do it. I don't have any stake in this. Let's go. (laughs) MI6 thought she was the tits, basically. They were (laughs) obsessed with her. So right around the time that Hitler started to have Poland on his radar, they relocated Arthur and Betty to Warsaw so that she could try to use her talents in the field there. And by talents, I do mean sex work. Which mm. is something that Pac never in her life felt bad about doing, nor should she have. Um, but oh. I do want to put it out there that she 
obviously was never like I shouldn't have. No, she was like, I did what I had to do and I enjoyed doing it. So fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Live your best. Have you seen my husband? He's 800 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> years old. So British intelligence were giving her 20 pounds a week as an entertainment allowance. And she used it to seduce a Polish foreign official. And that official's apartment became her operational headquarters. She later in life said, our meetings were very fruitful. I let him make love to me as often as he wanted, since this guaranteed the smooth flow of political information that I needed. After each date, she would type up her conversations on a typewriter, and she would send them off to London, where intelligence officials were going gaga for them. Like, life would stop at MI6 when a letter of hers arrived, because not only was she providing them information, she would kind of tell them how she got the information. So it was oh, a bunch of dudes just like, what? <laughs> they <laughs> like, were reading, like, straight-up erotic novels yes. from this moment. Also like, this is our pornography. Helping them in the war. Yeah, they... they oh. uh, Lord. It was literally like a letter arrived, and that was what they did for the next hour. <laughs> the guys were like, we have to take turns reading this each alone, alone in, the in room. private. <laughs> so um, around this time, her husband ended up having a stroke, and he was sent back to Britain and had to live in a nursing home, which is super awful, but also kind of took whatever reins were left off of Betty. Like she had no reason to, you know, stay home and take care of her husband yeah. anymore. And she was ordered to go after Count Michael Lubienski, who was the chief aide to the Polish foreign minister, Joseph Beck, who rubbed elbows with Hitler. He was, they were buddies. Okay. Betty met Joseph at a dinner party, and even though he was married, he became quite taken with her, which I'm sure was by design, her design. <laughs> <laughs> he sent her pink roses the day after he met her and soon after once they were regularly getting physical he started giving her details about how polish mathematicians were trying to crack the enigma machine which for anyone who doesn't know was an encryption device that was used extensively by nazi germany and naturally she was sending off all of this information back to england where britain's most brilliant men and women were trying to do the same thing, including Alan Turing, who is known as the father oh. of artificial intelligence. Yes. We who, love. Who also led an amazing and horrifically sad life. And I don't know if anyone has seen the imitation game. I have not. Yes, I have. <gasps> it's so good. I it's heard really, that it's really, really good. good. Benedict Cumberbatch is great, but it's super historically inaccurate, which is a huge bummer. As we have been saying yeah. with all of these movies. But they do, like, it's true about his life. Yes. Like, after the war and how he was accused of being a criminal homosexual. Yeah. That stuff's true. I do think what was happening to him in his personal life and the way he was attacked was true, but I am sure that some of the history is a bit inaccurate of everything that he you know created and was doing but yeah that's what happens uh yeah i haven't seen it yet not for any reason it's not like oh it's not historically accurate i haven't seen it. i just haven't it hasn't been it's available good. to me for free so i haven't seen it <laughs> because i am cheap <laughs> fair fair um but i do love him and uh mm. i want to see that and alan we should do an episode on uh alan touring because he's truly just truly could be a whole episode truly could best. Um, okay, I'm so sorry. I am going to interrupt. Um, have you guys ever seen uh, Bletchley Circle? No. Is that the uh, TV oh. show? Yes. 
you guys. So it's about, I like to call it the bitches of Bletchley. So it <laughs> is about the ladies who worked at Bletchley Circle, which is where all that spying was happening. And that's where Alan Turing worked. And the thing is, there were all of these women who were, quote, secretaries who were actually code breakers and so it's about these women who one of them was a code breaker one of them had a photographic memory one of them spoke um like russian and german and english fluently and so they all worked together in the 1940s to try to crack um the enigma code and then in the 1950s one of them notices that there is a serial killer (gasps) excuse me And so then they use all of their talents because there's like a code and you guys, it's so good. I can't imagine anybody not liking this TV show. My dad told me about it and then I watched it and I was like, dude, that's dope. So anyway, wait, watch wait, the wait. bitches of Bletchley. What is the network? Tell me a little bit more. How do I watch this? Well, it's on Netflix or oh. it was. I don't what? Know it's on Netflix? Yeah. Say less. Watching it tonight. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. It, just FYI, I only know this because I pulled it up. It has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Season one okay. has a 100%. Again, I yeah, say, and say season less, two I'm is also it. fantastic. Oh, yeah, I can't just watch wait. it. Okay, so uh, she had gone. She was getting these codes, sending it back to Bletchley. So mission accomplished. But oh wait, she also managed oh. to obtain proof of Hitler's plan to take apart the former <gasps> Czechoslovakia right before she was ordered to leave Poland um, in 1938. Yes, she did. Okay. Now, this is still unclear. No one knows exactly why she was ordered to leave, but she reunited with her husband. They were posted in Chile now, so they went to Chile. But then World War II started, and Betty was, how do I say it, bored to fucking tears with her traditional wife and mother role. So she called up and offered her services to MI6 once again. And they ended up sending her to New York with the code name Cynthia. Okay, Cynthia. Her first assignment was to get a hold of the code books used by the Italian Navy. Well, she had an old friend who happened to now be the attache at the Italian embassy in Washington. So she was like, I'll just go fuck him. Yes. (laughs) She knows she has that power. (laughs) This guy was fucking gross. Oh. So... He actually wrote her letters when she was only 11, calling her his no. golden girl and all this Stop. shit. What the no. fuck? I'm How did he so know disgusted. her when she was 11? He was one of her, her father's friends. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, I hate this dude. She's really taking one for the team. So now he's in his 60s. Oh, just wait. Now he's oh. in his 60s, still creepy. Um, apparently, according to Betty, this guy, his name was Alberto Lace, if you want to, like, dox him, was, that was his name. (laughs) (laughs) He was, (laughs) he was married, but he just couldn't resist his golden girl. No, 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 no. And then this is the worst. This is the worst part. He wouldn't have sex with her. Instead, he would just stroke her naked body and fondle her for hours. No, nope, which is nope, so much worse. No, no it was that oh he god. couldn't have sex with her because oh they didn't have oh Viagra yet. Oh my god! Oh my god! Isn't that? I, oh my I'm god! Not Betty, well. my body is convulsing a bit. Betty, oh, you fucking no. queen! Who? <sighs> who could just? She worked her. 
Oh my god. Okay. So Agree to disagree. One hundred percent would rather some old dude do that to me than me like oh, hack some me. weird creeper who was like into me when I was eleven. I'd be like, ugh, don't. It's the same guy. I know, but what I'm saying is she didn't ugh. heck him. She didn't have to deal with his old ball slapping against her. Oh. oh god yeah you know we what? don't know yeah. here's the thing we don't know she didn't have to do we don't like know what he did with his hard balls. work but to be <laughs> stroked that way my goodness Ugh, i can't so after what was probably far too long of doing this she <laughs> no matter how m- what amount of time it could have been a weekend <laughs> it was too long you know it was too long it was too long she straight up asked him directly for the naval codes. Like, she was like, listen, fucking give me the codes. And he refused. He would only tell her the name of the clerk in the office that they were held. But that was enough because she then bribed the clerk and got the codes, which then enabled Britain's Royal Navy to destroy the Italians in the Battle of Cape Matapan. Well, damn. All thanks to her. Her next assignment is basically her greatest achievement and so badass. I can't even tell you how much I admire this woman. And this is like... This is a movie right here. By the way, her story has been optioned so many times to be made into a movie, and it's never happened. I don't know when it's going to happen. Eventually, you will see it. But um, I know. And did you hear that Jennifer Lawrence straight up came forward and said, I want to play Betty Pax. Somebody make it happen. Yeah. So not I'm not even saying I'm like the biggest Jennifer Lawrence fan. I don't care. I think she would be good for the role. I think she would be fine, too. Like, she would be great. A lot of women would be great. But the fact that such an A-list actress is saying, please make a Betty Pack movie, I'm like, why is nobody writing this up? Jennifer Lawrence is on board. Let's go. Okay, well, she's like 30, so that's gross. (laughs) She's basically Rosa Parks, 42 (laughs) on the bus. She's... Let's bring it back to that. What an old hag. I can't. So her next assignment was to um, get the naval ciphers and codes from Vichy, France. Jesus. And Vichy, France were kind of the Nazis in France. Like they weren't Nazis. They were like Nazi sympathizers. They They tried to say that they collaborated with the Nazis just to save their country's lives. But there's ample evidence that they were willing participants in the Holocaust. they were the proud boys, for sure. Yeah, they just, you know, after the fact, they were like, we're not a part of that. But like during, they were like, I don't know. Hitler seems cool. So Vichy France, not not good. Not not a good look. Anyway, to do this, to get these naval codes, she posed as an American journalist and befriended a man named Charles Brousset. Brousset was a 49 year old who was the press attache at the Vichy embassy in Washington. He was also a World War One fighter pilot. He also owned a chain of influential newspapers. He, too, was married. Uh, But the first night he met Pac, he ended up in bed with her. There are a lot of creeps in this story. But this is actually kind of sad. Uh, Well, sad and sweet. He fell in love with her and she fell in love with him. Oh, she fell this time. My goodness, finally. But did that stop her from doing her job? No, because she rules. (laughs) She knew she had a duty. She had a duty and she fucking did it. 
Yes. So she learned from Bruce that only the chief cipher officer and his assistant had access to the room where the codes were held inside the embassy. And also that they were in several volumes of books locked in a safe inside the embassy, guarded by a watchman with a dog every night. This is what she had to get. Okay. Okay. My goodness. So he was so in love with Betty, he turned against his own government and conspired with her. Yes, and sir. Yeah. The two of them planned now I like his crime. <laughs> yeah, he turned against them. He was never a part of them uh, ever again after he completed this crime. So Into it. Bruce told Andre Chevalier, who was the embassy watchman, that Pac was his lover and he needed somewhere discreet to take her at night. So he needed access to the embassy. That was the only safe place for them to go where people couldn't spy on them. and His wife would never find out. So Bruce and Pac began going almost every night to continue their trysts. And that's exactly what they were doing. They were being quite obvious about it to show that they weren't up to anything. So after a month or so of fucking in the embassy and throwing off suspicions, they got to work. First... They tried drugging the watchman with champagne spiked with a sedative and hiring a man only known to this day as the Georgia Cracker to get into it because he cracks safe. Okay, Georgia Cracker. (laughs) I was definitely thinking they meant just like the whitest man that had ever walked. Um. (laughs) I was just imagining like a dude with like a don't tread on me tank top and like a Confederate flag. At the Georgia Cracker. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so they tried to drug him with the champagne sedative, hiring this man, the Georgia Cracker, to get into the safe. But after all that, after like he was working on the safe, working on the safe, there just wasn't enough time for him to remove the books, get them outside, hand them over to MI6, and get them copied. So the first attempt was a failure. Oh, yeah, I have to mention, you can't just take them. You have to take them, write down the information, and put them back. Because if they know that they were stolen, they'll change the ciphers. Right. Right. So, Jesus. Difficult. So on the second attempt, Pac tried to open the safe, but she could not get it open. So on their third try, Pac once again snuck in the Georgia Cracker. And (laughs) while this guy was trying to crack the safe, Pac started to notice that the watchman was getting kind of suspicious of what was going on in the room. So she decided to take off all her clothes because she knew it would be the perfect distraction. So when the watchman came by and checked the room, like he was finally like something's going on in there. She was just standing there completely naked, wearing only a pearl necklace And he was um, flabbergasted and basically, (laughs) basically he was like, I beg your pardon. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he turned off his flashlight and hurried out of there and closed the door behind him. And they got back to work and he never came back to check again because he walked in on a naked lady and he felt so embarrassed. He didn't even think of like what she would be doing there. He just said, naked lady, gotta go. No, because he knew they were having their affair. But he, like, for whatever reason, maybe he was too quiet or maybe, like, maybe he knew that there was a third guy involved. I don't really know. But he was obviously, like, on this particular night, like, what the fuck is going on? So she took all of of her clothes. 
because she so knew that smart. he would be like ah, and he would never come yeah. back and he never you did just think, you know what yeah like i have to leave them to it this kind of bothers me because i went on a trip to mexico with my friends and me and my friend were sharing a room and i was in the shower and she walked into the shower area to grab her bathing suit and she saw me completely nude and would not leave the room and she kept being like oh amers i'm so sorry can i just grab my swimsuit and i was like abby leave and she just was like, go. oh oh and then she grabbed her swimsuit <laughs> and, then, and i was like dude and then we had a conversation about knocking <laughs> about knocking oh, in privacy so you're just like very hurt that you didn't have this experience yeah i wish I she would have just been like because here's the thing if she had just been like boy amers i'm sorry and ran away i would have been like oh it's okay but the fact that she was like oh i just can i grab my suit i was like no <laughs> get out of guys here. joe joe does this not every okay. single time he walks in and i'm on the toilet because he does not knock he sees a closed bathroom door and is still like, she's probably in the living room. So he will like Ugh. open the door. I'll be on the toilet and he'll be like, oh, babe, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were. It's like, just go. Just <laughs> shut the door. I don't need, I don't I need your life story. Shit. Like, just close it. Do you know how many no people are breaking up in quarantine? Do you want to be a casualty of that, dude? Get out. <laughs> One get place I could be alone. Just get out. Just go. It's true. Um, <laughs> so anyway, she took off her clothes. She distracted him. He never came back. The cracker made it in, made it into the safe, took the books to a nearby hotel where a room had already been set up by MI6 so that they could copy them really quickly. Pack stayed in the embassy. She stayed up till 5 a.m. when the cracker returned and gave her the books and she put them right back in the safe. No one knew they were ever even gone. Two days later, the ciphers were at Bletchley Park, which we talked about earlier, the British code cracking base, and they ended up being vital to the Allies landing in French-held North Africa in 1942. They were able to land there with no enemy resistance, and that act changed the entire course of the war. Hmm. So, wait. <laughs> so, because of what she did, the war completely like took another turn. Yeah, I mean, we were able to get into Africa without our all of our men dying. It wasn't a Normandy Beach situation. Like, we were able like, to get there. She gave them the information they needed to continue yeah. on. She gave them all and the yet, we never no freaking talk about her. No, because we don't talk about her because she did it by fucking these guys. And God forbid, God forbid yeah. women have sex. I'm sorry with anyone. That, this, that this woman who enjoys sex and lived off of sex and was a successful sex worker, like, get it, girl. She was living her life and she changed the course of the war and gave so much useful information. Yeah. Like, get it. Technically, she never got paid for having sex. She got paid so for the job that worker. she did. But technically, you know, I mean, that's how she got. How else would she get it? Yeah. Is the thing. Like you're paying this woman, how else is she gonna get she's not is she gonna write them cute letters? Right. Like that's not gonna do anything. She did what had to be done. And that's she what she knew said. what she had to do. It's yeah. perfect. If only there was some sort of male MI six agent that maybe there was mm. a book series about and that Dame... turned into a movie series. And and mm. he just like fucked everyone. 
named Joe Pond. <laughs> it although, was Joe Pond, double O. He was originally going to have James Bond be a woman. He originally wrote Should've her to be been. a woman. It would have been. Should have been, because clearly. Been a, a billion bit more percent better. Yeah. Ugh, but instead, the ladies' man, 007, is who we all congratulate and worship when there was this amazing There was a literal queen. 007 who did the same shit. I know. It was just a lady. I can't. So General Wild Bill Donovan, who was the chief of the OSS at the time, um, called Betty Pack the greatest unsung heroine of World War II. And yes. the OSS, for anyone who doesn't know, is basically America's MI6. They were our spies. Um, during the war. Okay. When Pack was asked later in life if she had any remorse or felt ashamed for what she did, she was taken aback, basically. She was, like, ashamed. She said, not in the least. My superiors have all told me that the results of my work saved thousands of British and American lives, if not tens of thousands of British and American lives. It involved me in situations from which, quote-unquote, respectable women draw back. But mine was a total commitment, and wars are not won by respectable methods, which I thought was a pretty badass quote. I love that. Who Especially. the fuck asked that question? Oh, I'm sure everyone asked <laughs> that question. I want their name. <laughs> what a fucking oh asshole. Do you ever regret the thousands of lives you that you saved by taking off your shirt? Fuck off. No, I don't. Sorry, I used the methods that actually worked. Sorry, Sorry I didn't it. bomb Hiroshima. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so her husband, who she basically, she never really saw or spoke to him anymore. They were estranged. But he ended up killing himself in Argentina in 1945. Oof. Okay. Why was he in Argentina in 1945? What? what the fuck is that about? I don't know. But that's very suspicious. Bruce ended up divorcing his wife and married Pack, and they lived in a medieval castle in France. But they did not get a happily ever after. She died very young. She was only 53 years old when she died of throat cancer in 1963. Oh, no. Yeah. I was okay, that's she a was bummer. Be happy with the man she actually fell in love with. Yeah. But, like, you guys, she had fun. She had she a good time, except for that old man who touched her everywhere. Yeah, that There's was no fun there. There's no fun there. No. Um, also, this has nothing to do with anything. It's just really horrifying. Bruce, her husband, actually died 10 years later when he was electrocuted by his <gasps> electric blanket. Oh, no. Yes. Ashley, why did what? you tell me that? I just... Needed someone else to know. Actually, I could not live fair. with this. So I could live with this by myself. It's not okay for you to tell us stuff like that. That's really sad. That's really I rude. Know. I am so Wait, guys, sorry. I know a way to bring us back. Okay. Baby and Labrador puppy in a bamboo. Ooh. Incubator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel so oh. much better. Think of the baby and puppy Think and the, the bamboo. Oh, okay. And what if the okay. puppy like gently bites the baby on the nose, but not too hard, Aww. and the baby just giggles? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All I can make is a high-pitched squeal. How big are the puppy's paws? They're really oh, big. Paws. It's got really big paws. I think they're paws. way too big for its body. <laughs> yeah. And they flop on the baby's face, but baby just says, oh. 
Jesus. Oh, man. Uh, it's fine. It's we fine. should write, like, Hallmark commercials. We should write <laughs> Hallmark commercials. I and, agree. And they'll be, like, really weird. Like, like they'll either be like, hey, dad, you're the best dad ever. And then you open it, and it's, like, a really cute little girl in, like, a tutu. And then some of them will be like, hey, happy anniversary. And you open up, and it's like, a bloody corpse. <laughs> what? <laughs> because that's just kind of like... What? I'm this is our brand. This yeah, no, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Oh, it is. <laughs> there's a there's a card that's like good luck, <sighs> and then you open it, and it's just a guy who's been electrocuted by his electric <laughs> blanket. Oh, <laughs> Ashley, too soon. Okay, so I'm mad that you told me that for two reasons. One, bummer so that sorry. he died that way, and two, because it's so cold here, I was gonna buy like a portable They're electric much safer blanket. Now. Are they? How do you? Amy, they, Amy, they have definitely advanced. How do you know? I promise you, they've advanced. This was 1973, and and it was in a medieval French castle. Like the the wiring could not have been. You know, their electricity was sus. Like, get your electric blanket. Do it. We are in 2020. It's fine. Okay. Amy had a couple <laughs> little honorable quick mentions of some badass ladies that we're going to talk about before we go. Amy? Oh, yes. Okay. So, um, really quick, Zelda Fitzgerald, who honestly I don't find very interesting. She was married to oh. F. Scott Fitzgerald, which is like mm. whatever. But I do think it's very interesting that they named the Legend of Zelda after her. I did not know that. What? Right? Shut your mouth. They did? I know. Okay, I I love that because I played that all the time when I was younger. Yeah, of course you did. You're not an idiot. So basically the creator (laughs) of the the video game was like a huge fan of hers after... uh, Oh, and also the Eagles wrote Witchy Woman after reading her biography. (gasps) Whoa. Okay, I love her. Yeah, but like, I mean, I found her on all these lists of like ladies, and every single time but it was she like, have she, like a story. She was amused and she was married to her abusive husband. And I was like, Ugh. great. But it's cool that Legends of Zelda was named after her. <laughs> we will take the Eagles and Legends of Zelda, and then she's fine. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to those who hate the fucking Eagles. <laughs> Sybil Luddington. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> we love her. I'm such a huge fan. So the night that Paul Revere went on his famous 17-mile journey, Sybil Luddington was uh, on her own little ride. So some messenger came to warn her father, Colonel Luddington, that the British had attacked a nearby town. So Sybil rode 40 miles through the night to alert her father's mm-hmm. men of the approaching British army. And thanks to Sybil, the entire regiment was gathered at daybreak to fight the Redcoats. And then fast forward, yep. um, we're not part of England anymore. So you're welcome. You're welcome. Also, she was 16. She was, she was a, a 16 year old girl. Sybil. Yes. Um, I told that to Joe, and he was shocked. One that he did, had no idea that this girl even existed, and she it was she is the female Paul Revere. She like is. she did no. the exact same thing. No. Oh, oh. Well, she did more than yes. he did. She rode three <laughs> times as long. 
Thank you. And she was 16. That's what we needed. But I've never heard her name until like last week. And I told Joe and he was so shocked. And I was like, yeah, there's a statue of her in Connecticut, which is obviously where Joe's from. And he feels that he knows every single thing about Connecticut. He like took my phone out of my hand. So <laughs> look at the statue of her. Which shows once again that female lives are just not covered in history enough. So I would like to tell you guys that I had read about her when I bought... Do you guys remember the book, America the Book, that was written by um, the... uh, Fuck, what's the name of the Jon Stewart show? Oh, I sound like my mother. (laughs) Uh, The Daily Show. Yes. Dear Lord, I was like, because now it's with Trevor Noah. I forgot. Yeah. So it was written in like 2006, I think. And they basically like kind of cover shit like that and they talked about Sybil Luddington and they were like really because she rode three times as long Paul Revere should be a male Sybil Luddington but just kidding that would be ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's very true sad bunch of women ugh anyway (laughs) periods Oh my god! Literally, if one if one more woman menstruates, I'm get I'm leaving. I'm, um, yeah, I'm over it. I guess I'm, I'm leaving not doing it anymore. Um, so Mary Edwards Walker was born in 1832. In 1855, she earned her medical degree and started a medical practice. So she volunteered with the Union Army. And she was like, hey, what's up? I want to be part of the Union Army. And they were like, oh, um, fuck you and your stupid uh, vulva. And then she was like, <gasps> okay, Jesus. And then she was like, I guess instead of enlisting, I'll volunteer. And they were like, oh, gross, but okay. <sighs> and then... <laughs> I hate it. She got... Uh, so she was like on the front, you know, helping people out and whatever. She got captured by the Confederacy... Uh, after she crossed enemy lines to treat wounded civilians and she was arrested as a spy. Um, and then it kind of seems like they just like released her. I like it, Okay. Yeah. I mean, it says it's like some like so I read about her multiple times. Sometimes it was a prison exchange. Sometimes they were just like and then she was free. <laughs> so then after the war, she got the Medal of Honor and she was the first and only woman wow. to ever win it. Yay! And then in 1917, this is like in the late 1800s that all of this shit happened. In 1917, Congress was like, we're not giving out that medal except for only to people who served in combat. And they were like, okay, wow. And then in her medal, along with 900 other men's medal of honors, medals of honor were revoked. And they like came to get it, and she was like, "No, fuck you," and she wore it every day until her death. Yes, because <laughs> yes, she yes. did. You will have to take and it she was out like, of my cold, dead from my cold hands. Dead I'm not going to care when I'm dead. Yep. And she was also an abolitionist, and she was a huge supporter of the women's suffrage movement. And in 1977, um, Jimmy Carter was like, "This was very rude." You should have not taken away this medal from her. She gets her medal back. She's dead now. But, you know, here we are 50 years after her death. 
you know, and of course it's Jimmy Carter. He's literally the only president that I don't hate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he knew to give it back to her. He was just a nice guy. Ugh. Not to, okay, if we must talk about a man on this podcast, Jimmy Carter. Let it be Jimmy Carter. Just let it like be a that peanut sweet, farming tree sweet hugger. Peanut farming tree hugger who just builds homes. Sweet man. And he knew that she deserved that medal. Yeah, she did. Damn yeah. straight. Yeah. Everyone knows yeah. she deserves the medal. Right. It's just a matter of whether or not they um, Somebody coming like forward women. And saying, <laughs> give it to her actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so this one, obviously, we all know, but I still like to tell people this. Okay, so I love Princess Di. I know that a lot yeah. of you have been watching The Crown. I don't know if this is covered in The Crown because I'm only halfway through the most recent season, but... Obviously, she was beautiful, but why I really like her is that anytime that somebody becomes royal, it's like, oh, you have to like have this charity that you care about, and it should be like tap dancing or something fancy. And she was like, dope. It's I'm gonna talk about HIV and landmines in Cambodia. Yes. And they were like, it would be really cool if maybe you could do something about flags or. And she was like, <laughs> I'm talking about AIDS. I'm talking about landmines. And I'm talking about mental illnesses. Yes, she and did. And were like, okay. And she was okay. like, it is fucking okay because I just told you it's okay. Yep. Well, we she had that really, really, Diana. really big moment. Uh, her and Alyssa Milano both had very big moments where she was photographed hugging a child with AIDS at a time where mm -hmm. people were not uh, touching or going near people who had been diagnosed with AIDS or born yep. with AIDS. And Alyssa Milano did the same thing where she kissed a boy on live TV. And this was at the height of her like career, like child career. Like she had a career later on in life, but this was when she was at her most popular and she went on a talk show and she kissed a boy with AIDS to be like, nothing is going to happen to you. Right. Like stop treating these people like they are monsters. You can't get it from physical touch. Exactly. Like don't be a dick. Yeah. Yes. I, so my, my mom was a nurse in the 1970s and eighties. Um, and I talked to her about it and I was like, what was it like? Like during HIV and AIDS. And she, I was like, did were doctors afraid of getting it from like airborne? And she was like, yes. And I was like, even after you knew that you could only get it like blood to blood. And she was like, yes, doctors are idiots. They're so fucking stupid. <laughs> she was like, there were many doctors who refused to work on those patients. And she was like, nurses always did because we knew what was what. And also we're not assholes. Yep. And also, you know, it's your job. This is what you signed up to do. Totally. You're here to save to the save people people's lives i mean that's one thing though that that does piss me off in, in the time of covid where all these doctors and nurses are like begging people like please please wear a mask please stay home please stop like i haven't seen my kids yeah. i'm i'm running myself i work 15 hour shifts i don't eat i'm exhausted i'm having to choose who lives and who dies i'm having to like watch so many people die a day and so many people are like this is what you signed up for and it's like no, no one signed not. up for this no. nobody absolutely this not. they're doing today is so preventable yeah like, they signed up to help during a pandemic. They did not sign up to have to watch 
so many people die because you're a fucking moron. Nobody signed up to choose who gets a ventilator and who doesn't because it should never have to get to this point because people should be living on the side of prevention. But nobody Mm -hmm. does. And that's the issue. Yep. Well, I Ashley, I know I already told you this, but Lauren, this might be a fun little new info for you to hear about oh, the boy. mayor of the mayor of Denver, who has been telling everybody like, don't travel for Thanksgiving, you know, just stay within your household. Uh, please don't travel for Thanksgiving. His account tweeted out, hey, everybody stay home for Thanksgiving. Only celebrate Thanksgiving with your immediate household. 30 minutes before boarding an airplane to fly to Houston before he and his wife drove to Mississippi to spend Thanksgiving with his daughter. You're kidding. And then what happened? He got COVID. <laughs> oh, well, he, no. Okay. I, well, as far as I know, he does not have COVID. That's just what I was hoping for. Okay, tell me more. My governor, my governor did get um covid but he did not go traveling but i also hate my governor well sure so uh shout out to jared polis um i fucking don't like you (laughs) and i'm not afraid to say it. you're bad at your job okay they didn't get covid but still you're the biggest hypocrite in the game oh yeah and his apology was like i'm really sorry i made this decision from my heart and not my head and everyone was like yeah we know yeah we get it you dumbass we know you're fucking didn't think about this and i'm pretty pissed because my mom lives a mile away from me and i ate thanksgiving dinner by myself while watching the crown so he can go ahead and bite butts all day long that fucking sucks like you had thanksgiving alone because you were following the rules and look what he got to do like that just that really does suck i feel for you Josephine Butler brought into open discussion in Victoria Britain in Victoria Britain the double sex standard that existed in a male dominated society she campaigned for the repeal of the contagious diseases acts which provided for the compulsory compulsory and regular <laughs> medical examination of women believed to be prostitutes but not their male clients and then later in life she campaigned against child prostitution and international sex trafficking yes. which like thank you thank you yes, for please. that yes so barbara jean lee you guys actually might know who she is uh, she's a politician she is a representative for california's 13th congressional district have you ever heard of her? I've heard the name. Okay. So uh, she became a representative in 1998. She's like a representative of like the Oakland area. Oh. And uh, so she is the vice chair and a founding member of the LGBT Equality Caucus. But the reason that most people know who she is is because she was the only member of Congress to vote against the authorization of use of force after the September 11th attacks. Oh, jeez. And My I don't know if you guys remember that. I don't like super remember it, but I do remember everybody was like super pissed at her because she voted against that. And I just remember being like, yeah, like war is bad. <laughs> yeah. You guys, she was basically like, I don't know about war. I think it's bad. And everybody was like, fuck you. 
Yeah, everyone thought this is what we're supposed to do. And I loved the few people who were like, I don't think this is the answer. Especially when they're like, hey, why are we uh, why are we invading Iraq when they didn't have anything to do with 9-11? It's like, <laughs> just listen pay to no us, attention to I this. swear. Pay no attention to this. Yeah, just, <laughs> I trust us. This is where we're supposed to be. Trust and we're me, like, this what? is where we should be. It's like, but they didn't have any, okay. But that made no sense. Um, yeah. Oh, I also found this one lady. We are going to end it on somebody who I actually hate. So oh. whenever we talk about ladies, that's great. We love ladies. However, when I talk about powerful ladies that I love, I am talking about every single lady except for Margaret Thatcher. Who <gasps> oh, I saw Jesus on Christ. one of these fucking yes. lists as like one of the greatest women in history. And I was mm. like, what the fuck are you talking about? That bitch starved thousands of people. Mm-hmm. She Death. destroyed the coal industry. You guys watch the movie Pride. It is fantastic. Yep. And it is all about how Margaret Thatcher tried to kill all of the miners by starving them to death. And gay people started raising money for the miners. And this is in 1984 that this started. And to this day, mining unions march for gay pride because gay people helped them out when they needed it most because margaret thatcher wanted to starve people to death so fuck margaret thatcher but i'm here for barbara jean lee yep claudette coleman princess die josephine butler mary edwards walker md sybil luddington zelda fitzgerald i guess it's fine (laughs) (laughs) I mean, <laughs> and the entire cast and crew of a League of Their, League of their Own. We love them. We're here. They for those don't know. Snack attack. Everybody. All yes. these ladies. We're here for it. We are here for but it. But screw Margaret. Margaret Thatcher sucks. You can still um, respect the amount of work and shit taking she had to do to get to be the first woman prime minister and to be the prime minister for as long as she did uh while still acknowledging the fact that she was a huge fucking bitch and heartless just fucking heartless yep yeah you could do both you could still be like you gotta she had balls while also being like she was a fucking disaster. Look at the work <laughs> she had to put in to get where she was. I feel like and the that, shit it, she had to take for yeah, decades. It's like you give her the credit of like as a woman, especially it was like, hell yeah, you got where you were and you had to mm-hmm. like fucking work for it and crawl through all of the shit people were throwing at you. So yes, yes, yes. However, yes. You're then a became a monster and did not stand for anything that we actually want at the end of the day. So screw you, but also a weird congrats under the cover. I don't, I don't know how to feel. I don't, I don't know. I, I do have to say, so I've watched like a couple of episodes of this season of the crown. And the one Jillian. thing that I got really upset about was when um, Margaret Thatcher like goes to the castle and everybody's really mean to her at the castle because she like doesn't know what to wear and the itinerary was wrong and they like make her feel really bad and i was like fuck this show for making me feel bad (laughs) for my margaret fucking thatcher any feelings for this woman uh i do have to say before we wrap 
Jillian Anderson is insane on that show. So good. 100%. She's so good. I like forgot where I knew her from. It was like the fourth yes! episode, and I was like, "Where do I know her from again?" Oh wait, my favorite TV show of all time, The X Files. What wait, the fuck? You're so taken out. Mm, of it. You mean Hannibal? Yeah. But okay. No, oh, I'll say Hannibal. Well done, Jillian Anderson, for making me feel bad <laughs> for Margaret Thatcher, who, when I found out she died, I literally danced. She danced. She I went to literally her grave. Danced. I'm changing your story. It was six story. in the she morning, and I to her danced. Grave and she danced. That's what I she unfortunately did. wasn't within the vicinity of her grave, but had <laughs> I been, I would have driven there. And I was listening to this song called "Fuck You, Maggie Thatcher." I'm not kidding. I danced when she I died. I hate it. her I believe so it. much. I get it. <laughs> I'm well, with I you. That's, uh, that's a good place to end the episode. Dancing <laughs> on Margaret Thatcher's grave. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you so much, Amy, for joining us tonight for these two episodes. This yes. was so much fun. My stomach and my face hurt from laughing so hard. Same. Oh, we need I'm to sorry, do. Your tummy hurts. Oh no, that's for, it's from laughing so hard, but also maybe from the problems, <laughs> the issues before the issues that I have before this. Um, uh, but thank you, thank you, Amy. We love you. Thank you, thank you, you guys for having me on officially. Always. Amy is our Patreon podcast bonus episode host, so you can catch her every month along with myself and Lauren pops in when she can as well, and we have a real fun time. It's like, keep it weird after hours. Anything goes. <laughs> yes. Sometimes we just talk about killing Eve for 20 oh. minutes. Yes, <laughs> we true. do. That's not true. Yes, I mean, it is true, but I, you know, I cut. I, we usually I'm, try I'm, and I'm a good some... editor. Listen, Ashley, stop cutting it down and let the people understand. (laughs) Here's the deal. There have been times where we've like really gone down the rabbit hole. We cut that out and throw it at the end of the episode so that you don't so that you don't have to sit there and listen to us talk about politics or whatever. But stay tuned if you're a real one. Hashtag real. Exactly. Hashtag real ones. (laughs) <laughs> um if you want to be a patron you can sign up at patreon.com slash keep it weird podcast and you can be a one dollar five dollar or ten dollar patron and you'll get bonus episodes newsletters and discounts on merch or all three of those things every month you can also just head to etsy.com slash shop slash keep it weird podcast if you want to grab yourself some uh merch and please follow us on social media at keep it weirdcast across all platforms to see what we're up to. Amy, do you have mm-hmm. another song in your heart? Gosh, please. Yes. Okay. Okay. What's a tune I should do? Throw, throw something out. Single ladies. Oh. Um, okay. Oh, uh, League of Their... Nope, I can't. Oh. Okay. <laughs> League of Their Own... Ladies sitting on their thrones, everybody named Amy, you want a bone? Guess all the boys in the US and the UK, stop doing that, and then you should turn gay. <laughs> keep it weird. Oh, I keep and weird. don't have a beard. Don't have don't a beard. Have a beard time. Don't have keep a beard. Keep it weird. That's for the special episodes. <laughs> oh my AIDS is no respecter of colour, class or creed, nor does it hold international boundaries in high regard. 
All too soon, we will all know someone with AIDS. A brother, sister, mother, father, son or daughter could be next. How will we treat them? With compassion and care or fear and rejection? And it's so important as we honor and celebrate pride here in Oakland tomorrow. Uh, we have to fight, and especially those of us who understand what discrimination is, what it means to be marginalized. It's important that the entire country, everyone pull together and make sure that Senator McConnell passes this Equality Act so that it can be sent to the president's desk for signature. It's so important 